Behold the face of fear, the mind of madness. Behold the horror that may soon be champion. I am afraid of what I might do, but I no longer have control of my mind. Pray that this man can stop the insanity. Pray for him if he doesn't. Have a nice day. If the eyes are the window to the soul, what horrors are locked in the basement of this man's tortured mind? Is his sanity trapped in a maze of madness, or is he a willing soldier in the realm of darkness? In the light there is hope, a champion whose body is virile, whose will is unmatched. In his usual battlefield, he has achieved the highest of honors. But when war begins in the psyche, and sanity struggles with lunacy, which will survive? Can the champion continue to live his dream, or will he awaken in this man's nightmare? September 22nd, 1996, even in death, Nirvana releases from the muddy banks of Wishka, the number one movie in the land is Last Man Standing starring Bruce Willis, and kids across America are waiting for the release of the Nintendo 64. This is the Federation Podcast. I'm Tyler Fudge. And I'm Travis Fudge. We're here to talk about WWF Mind Games. In your house, 10. 10. 10. I do enjoy these shows. Yeah, usually just because of the brevity it's, of it. it, it's got its own formula. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, you got your main event is going to be great every every month. It usually is, but everything leading up to it is dog shit. It just progressively becomes less and less dog shit as the matches go on. I would argue that this show was either good. Or dog shit. It was not no in between. <laughs> it was either complete dog shit or yeah. above and beyond unexpected that you're watching some pretty damn good wrestling. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. It, it's back and forth. There really, there's when when you say that there is no such thing as black and white. There's there's gray in between. No gray. Not not no on my gray games. in this. Not mind games. No sir. Not a chance. But you can follow us on Twitter at the Federation. You can follow Travis on Twitter. Fudging up three three three. You can go on our Facebook Federation podcast. T-shirts at whatamaneuver.net. You can be a part of our Patreon, like Ty Loney, Chris Savage, Christopher Spaulding, and Mitch Woolridge. Or on PayPal, like Big Body Sam, who gives these nice donations almost on like a quarterly basis. I love that guy for it. Thank you very much, sir. The man paid for us to watch StarCast. <laughs> he did. <laughs> we got that money in. Just like, well, what are we going to do with this? We're like, like, we're going to split it? Let's watch we StarCast. Could, or we could spend this on the fucking $80 StarCast. I feel like I should just message him and be like, hey. Here's our fight password. <laughs> yeah, well, why watch not? Watch StarCast. You know, Big yeah. Body Sand, give me a shout. Uh, we, watch, we watch so many fucking panels. We, we did. Like, we did. And there's still so much more that you could watch, but I really don't feel like watching Sting hum and ha over not remembering how to do uh, anything remember. that happened. I can't remember. Can't remember. Can't remember. But if you're also part of our Patreon, if you paid $5 or more a month you get access to our raw championship friday talk that came out last week that's where we talk about fake diesel and fake razor ramon you might wonder why we'll breeze through diesel and razor ramon showing up on the show because we really went in detail on the patreon episode and if you want to hear more you go there 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I believe there's a teaser up on the on the site too on on our feed that teases us talking about Diesel and Razor Ramon. So if you know if if you really want to hear it, you can go there. Uh, there's also uh, this week we we talked Double or Nothing with Rob Lafoon and on our Patreon feed there was also Travis talking about Double or Nothing. Double or Nothing happened. We got Dustin Rhodes in this show. Marlena just got arrested. Fucking a. Well, <sighs> Terry Ronalds got arrested. Marlena didn't really Shoot, get arrested. Our <laughs> Is that what she was doing? No. Okay, so her reasoning was that this this is all fresh right now. You know, it, it came out like today or yesterday. Yeah, yeah like she got arrested for the loaded gun, a Glock loaded fully in her purse at an airport, going to Samu's <laughs> memorial benefit, not memorial, but his benefit. And she got arrested for that, and she's released now. But she issued a video saying that she had the loaded gun. Because she was shooting armadillos at her mother's place. Like, getting rid of armadillos on her fucking property. And I guess she said that she was, like, sleep-deprived. So she forgot that she had a fully loaded gun in her purse. <laughs> Let alone, you'd expect that some fucking shots <laughs> be fired out of, the, out of the ammunition if you're going to shoot armadillos. You wouldn't have a fully loaded gun ready to go to a fucking convention. Yeah, no, uh, I mean... Not everything can be hunky She's on the hunt Rose. for New Jack. She is, maybe New Jack's got her. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's why she's all uh, sleep deprived. Maybe she's on a little bit of that uh, those uppers. Yeah, maybe uh, Terry and New Jack are going to recreate the movie Natural Born Killers. They could be, or the, you know, New Jack's just looking for some more pictures to sell. One of the two. True. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Travis, our next Patreon episode. Very, very smooth segue. <laughs> is uh, going to be a part of the Kobashi Misawa Chronicles. It'll be the uh, the October 27th, 1997 match that they had. And they wouldn't have another match for almost a year after this. So, Fair enough. Well, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. And uh, before, I guess, after the Kobashi Misawa Chronicles, expect a Federation on Shuffle covering a Nitro before Halloween Havoc or an episode after that. Mm. If you want to yep. join that, like you did on Raw Championship Friday, then hey, maybe we could. Welcome. We could. We'll figure out a uh, an episode of WCW. I I've gotten into watching them all. Like I watched all the Raws leading up to this. One episode was fantastic. Yeah, the one right <laughs> after SummerSlam. The one right great after episode. SummerSlam was a great episode of Raw. Uh, but we'll get into that stuff just before we get into the actual meat potatoes of the show. But right now, let's. Uh, where is Bret Hart, Travis? Where in the world is Bret Hart? He's in South Africa. He is in South Africa filming Sinbad. Not, he's also doing a South African tour. Well, he's also doing a <laughs> South African tour as well. But he's filming an episode of Sinbad, which a horribly bad television show. You know, this is this is off the heels. I think he plays like a genie or something. Okay, so this has nothing to do with Sinbad, the comedian. Oh, no, no. The guy that played the mailman from Jung- Jingle All the Way. This is actually one of the Mandela effects. You've heard of Mandela effect, right? Yeah. Where like the Bernstein, Bernstein bears or whatever, right? Um, there is actually a case where people think that this Sinbad show had Sinbad in it. <laughs> but it didn't. And like there's people that vividly remember seeing Sinbad as a wizard. And just, oh, is this like the whole Doom in the Arcade Cabinet argument that's on Twitter that Taylor oh, Hendricks spawned? Oh god, cuz Taylor Hen- Taylor Taylor Hendricks has probably one of the worst Twitters in all of wrestling. It's up to with like Kelly Klein. Uh Kelly Klein's Twitter is much in the same thing as like, "Hey, what's everybody's favorite factions?" It's just asking people to talk because you've got tits. People are going to respond cuz they want girls with tits to like them, right? Uh but like 
Yeah, anybody ever played Doom in an arcade? And Jim just sends me a message. He's like, fucking bitch doesn't even know Doom wasn't in an arcade. <laughs> Could you imagine a game like Doom being in an arcade? Yeah, it'd be a little gory for an arcade, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You may as well put Duke Nukem in there. And yeah, yeah. Me and you, though. Wolfenstein. We were talking, we were talking about uh, the Royal Rumble box. Yes. Pinball the box. Royal Rumble pinball box. Yeah. I would. Man, I've always wanted to own a pool table. But if I could somehow obtain that yeah. for a reasonable price, yeah. not the three grand that it's going for on the on, on the interwebs, I can afford it. But I got better <laughs> things to do with my money. <laughs> yeah, goddamn right. Uh, but no, Hart was originally scheduled to return to the September twenty second Mind Games pay per view, which is what we're covering right now, to do an interview segment, which would lead to an angle to build up with his match with Austin. However, that could not be arranged because of the episode of Sinbad that was airing on television. So, basically, uh, on September 8th in Durban, South Africa, uh, for a one-week tour, Hart was all over that. They sold out everywhere, Travis. They had to turn people away. There were so many people flocking for this. There was Any show had anywhere between 6,000 to 9,000 people. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. They, they did great in the South African tour. Uh, they, even, uh, they even taped a part for Raw from uh, South Africa where he, Brett himself, came out and said, hey, I'm not going to be at the pay-per-view. This is what they show at the Mind Games. Uh, that oh, little bit. it was so good because <laughs> Bre- Bret Hart's fucking promo on this <laughs> Oh, man. Like, <laughs> legendary levels of bad. Like, legendary <laughs> levels of bad, dude. I didn't I didn't cut Bret Hart's promo out from, from Mind Games because it was all cut up. Yeah. It really made it sound more cohesive, but the part on Raw was the full thing. So is, what they did on Raw difficult. was that, they, that, was, that was the hook. Yeah. Is that Bret Hart is coming out to... He's going to reveal, like... If he's coming or not. Yes. And they have one little line, and that's Brian Pillman, you, and then it cuts. And then when you watch the whole thing, it's like, oh, wow. So Bret Hart actually, like, did this for the bit, and then just couldn't smooth it out. Because he's like, Brian Pillman, you are a liar. <laughs> Maury Povich hasn't perfected it at this point in time. And he's like just chilling out in South Africa, <laughs> sitting down, hanging out. He's not in front of a crowd or nope. anything like that. Nope. So why in the fuck are you talking like that? Yeah, yeah I mean, because Bret, Bret Hart doesn't really know how he's to He's talking promo. in sound bites. That's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, he would be, like like we were just talking about, he would be on Rod. They would basically tall, call Brian Pillman and Owen Hart liars for basically saying that he would show up. And Bret Hart would actually say that he hadn't decided his future, whether or not he's going to even return to the WWF. So that was basically one of the hooks that they would play. And at the same time, there is always that story about Bret Hart being offered this contract from WCW around this time and him turning it down. Eric Bischoff claims it never happened. Dave Meltzer said he's seen the contract. Bret Hart says he's still got it somewhere. It is mad. Just, just... It'll re- it, it'll resurface someday. It, of Tom course. McGee and Bret Hart resurface. Oh, Bret Hart. Yo, haven't seen that uh, tape since the lady from the documentary stole it from me. <laughs> we stopped at the Tom McGee match, and how like did you you didn't see that? You didn't see that panel? Uh, I what? never watched the panel after. No. Oh, the Bret Hart panel? No, I never <laughs> oh, did. Oh man, oh man. So Bret Hart is sat there, and they bring up the the, the tape. And Bret Hart's like, you know, funny thing. And this is, you know, just Bret Hart pausing, right? 
just talking, pausing, because he still talks in sound bites. That tape was in my possession, and that lady, that thief on the WWE documentary, stole it from me. You know, I I was the only person that had it. And Dave's like, I had it. <laughs> Dave was on the panel. Yeah, I, I think so. I'm pretty sure. But um, everyone knows the story. No, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Everyone knows the story. She was going to convert them all to DVD and send them back to Brett. So Brett has it. It's just on DVD and not tape. <laughs> Yo, she stole that tape from him. She Travis. stole a tape. <laughs> she stole, even the though tape. his assistant told. That fucking girl to keep the tapes because he doesn't fucking need them anymore. Because <laughs> Bret Hart's a fucking hoarder. <laughs> oh man, he was just so upset. Oh, so dude, upset. he was he was he was hurt. He was Trigger. hurt that she stole the tapes. Absolutely tricked. <laughs> Travis the Warrior is suing the WWE uh, WWF at this point in time. He uh, he filed as Jim Helwig. I guess he hasn't changed his name to Warrior yet. I'm pretty sure he has, but I don't know. Uh, he filed a unfair termination and trademark infringement lawsuit against Titan Sports, stemming from his demissal after missing three shows on a set of June house shows. Uh, the suit claims that Titan uh, reneged on its 18-month contract for more than $1 million with Helwig, who has legally changed his name to Warrior. There you go. There's If I would have just waited. Uh, Warrior's basic complaint is that Titan Sports and Vince and Linda McMahon wrongfully fired him for missing his three shots while his father was dying, and they used terms like Warrior Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, and his slogan, Always Believe, without honoring the contractual commitments to Hellwig. So in doing so, he claims that McMahon and Titan Sports have infringed on his registered trademarks and are deceiving and confusing customers. Wasn't there a whole situation about this whole Always Believe thing earlier in the year as well? Well, I believe... Like that they had to say it? Or something yes, like that. they had they that was part of their contract because he had that training school, and he had that comic book coming out, and they had to work always believe and all this warrior verbiage ver- verbiage into the promos and the videos, and basically I guess one of them still one of them slipped, you know, or like or like warrior sounds so much like Vince. I, in certain you, traits, you know. I haven't heard a lot of people make that conclusion, but now as you say it, that's probably why they could never get along. It's, it's just a shame that person. one of them had to die the age he did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was a bigot and shit, but <laughs> at yeah. least he might have good wrestling if the roles were reversed. That's true. Not Not Warrior running the WWF, don't get me wrong there. I mean, I'm staying out of this one. Okay. I mean, you can, you can, you can. But I mean, I don't like whatever. the WWE very much right now at all. But I'm not gonna wish death on the man. Well, I'm not wishing death on him per se. You're just hypothetically hypothetical. The show would be much better if he's dead. <laughs> well, you never know. It might actually be worse. <laughs> it could. Who knows, man? Stephanie would probably run that shit. <sighs> Who knows what's going to happen? I don't really want to think about that. We got we got so much stuff on wrestling horizons now that we don't need to we don't I don't even feel like WWE is even worth even talking about it anymore to be completely honest with you. Nah. Just just if you there's so much wrestling out there why talk about why watch wrestling you hate. So I I'm mean, not even excited for Takeover. It's it, uh, they didn't really build it very well in my opinion. Like this is it's a frantic Takeover. You didn't even it, nobody knew when it was going to happen. They only announced it a few weeks ago, didn't they? Yeah. So, yeah. 
I I feel like takeovers outside of the Big Four really lose their luster because like you've got that build up for the weekend of the Big Four, and it's like that's what really gets you in the mood for the takeovers, in my opinion. That's going to be a good show. It's, of course, it's, it's going to be, be a good show. Great. It's going to be fantastic for the first time in fucking a long time. It's not gonna. I'm not going to be able to watch it live. But yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the only fucking problem. But either way. Either way. Either way. Enough about the modern day product. We're here to talk about 1996 and all of its glory, unglory, whatever. Just a lot of good, bad, and ugly here. Uh, but let's continue on with some news here. Kurt Angle, who won the gold medal at the Olympics, that's all you know him as. Kurt Angle has never done anything in wrestling, ever. Because, you know, I mean, that's a joke, but he has. Obviously, you've heard of Kurt fucking Angle. Uh, but it's just funny to read it in the Observer. It's like just a little biography. 220 pounds at the Olympics, blah, 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 blah. Right? They're even going along with the story, too. Broke his neck during the Olympics, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> More on Kurt Angle in 1996 on our Patreon episode covering Raw Championship Friday. Yes. Yes. I can't remember what we talked about, but we did mention Kurt Angle. JR mentioned did Kurt he? Angle visiting yes. WWE headquarters right. earlier right. in the week when uh, Mark Henry was hyped up. Yeah, about being another that's Olympic. True. That's true. Olympian, uh, sorry, but he's 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 fielding officers, officers, offer, <laughs> offers from many different companies now. Uh, officers, at least, please <laughs> just stay away. Come on, uh, <laughs> my brother's not a murderer. I haven't I gotten to my pill addiction. Yet. I'm not I, my DUIs. <laughs> they haven't happened yet. I'm still an American Golden I Boy. I like milk. <laughs> uh, two Japanese promotions are after him. Uh, there's. No, no mention of which pr- promotions here, but I'm sure it's you know New Japan's not really looking for Kurt Angle. All Japan's really the monster at this point in time. I hope FMW is looking for Kurt Angle. <laughs> you go over there and be like, I should just go to ECW. <laughs> at least they're not crucifying people over in FMW. No, no, just 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 exploding people, death matches. killing people. You know, uh, the body donnas are no more, Travis. Oh, no. Tom Pritchard, a.k.a. Zip, has been taken off the road to work as a trainer for guys like Mark Henry uh, and anybody else that really signs up. Uh, Right now, Skip is injured, so nobody really knows when he's coming back, but he will need a new gimmick, and he says he should probably come back as a heel. And I think at this point you will see Skip one more time. When he returns and he just leaves again. 1997, they showcase the ECW guys. And he comes out as Chris Candido. One night on Raw, Sonny announces him, like, totally puts him over as, like, the most handsome man on earth and all that kind of shit. Because at that point, Sonny's got nothing to do. Yeah. And I'm guessing she's fucking over Sean, so she's got to go back to Chris. Well, Sean's gone in 1997. True. So well, this this happens in January, I believe. What does? The Jan- uh, ECW on Raw. I think it's January. Uh, January or February. Yeah, it's around well, and, and Sean leaves, loses a smile in February. Yeah. That's going to be some fun Patreon episodes there. Yeah, the ECW Invasion episode. Yeah, and yeah. then uh, Thursday Raw Thursday. That's when uh, oh, Sean left. Thursday, Thursday Raw. Man, yeah, I used to. Because <laughs> I started watching those 97 Raws when I was like 12 years old, dude. I remember you used to have a CD spindles full of them. I may burn them all off and none of them worked. <laughs> oh, I spent shit. hours burning off DVDs of Raw's Wars from 97 back when I was like 13 or 12 and none of them worked. I like came back to them like six months later, yeah. popped one in. 
it would just like jump from like picture to picture. <laughs> and then I'd pop another one in. I did this from 1997 to 1999. Like you watched them picture to picture? No, I <laughs> I burned off every single one. Okay, yeah, yeah. And lo and behold, none of them worked. None of them worked. I wasted all that money like holy shit. <laughs> Let alone the time. <laughs> Trev's last bit of news that we have here Juanita Wright who used to go by as Sapphire and the manager of Dusty Roads oh, passed asked. away on September 11th in St. Louis of a heart attack at the age of 61 so uh, but her friends in the business claim she was a lot younger than 61 who knows maybe she lied to the faces wasn't she like it's a carny industry yeah yeah but I mean that's the last bit what of news what were you gonna say wasn't, was, she, like, was she into drugs before i don't know she i okay i don't want to speak ill and i might be talking out of my ass but i heard something about her and crack yeah me too that's why she had no teeth yeah 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 so like okay okay good so maybe she lied about her age to get crack who knows who knows who knows (laughs) but travis let's get into these episodes of raw that happened and the ratings and how there was a week where Raw didn't even air. Because of uh, the Friday? Of tennis. Because of tennis. So, like, well, I suppose it really wasn't really a week. I suppose you could constitute it as as the episode of Raw. But, like, you've got two-week span where there's barely any Raw, and then you got, like, two back-to-back, essentially. Uh, but the August 19th, 1996 episode of Raw, which was obviously... The, the post-SummerSlam one, the, the one that was really good, you had the debut of Kevin Kelly. Uh, Vince ends up... This is going to be a running train of Undertaker poor booking decisions where Vince is in the promo of that episode. Did the Undertaker expire last night at SummerSlam? And then as soon as they come back, Jim Ross says, Goldust is going to take on Undertaker at Mind Games. And it's like, you just asked me if the Undertaker's done and you don't know, but yet you got him in a match. Yeah, and on top of that, Undertaker returns that night. Yeah. He returns that night um, after a great segment. It was fucking fantastic. Um, I will say the production of that segment alone, not showing Taker head on, but always behind him, is one of the coolest things that they're doing right now with Taker. I will admit I do like what... I I like Taker post-SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. It's refreshing. Yeah. And um, also... The next week on Raw Championship Friday, they say that Taker will make his return next week. Taker's already fucking yeah. returned. Yeah. Like, because they have that promo, in like that inset promo of Taker at the yeah. end of the show. Yeah. Hyping up his return next week for Salvador, Salvatore Sincere. Oh. And, it, like, yeah. It just made no sense. Really inconsistent. And then, in this Mind Games pay-per-view, they're promoting... The fact that Mankind and Undertaker are going to be in a Buried Alive match the next month before yeah. the even main events are have happened. Like, before Undertaker takes on Goldust, before Mankind takes on Sean, they tell you this, and it's like, why? What? Why don't you wait until the end of the show when Taker comes to help Sean, and you can, you know, that's your build right there. You know, it's just, it, they're doing a little poor decisions with Taker, I feel. One, uh, I understand what they're doing, but they d- don't connect the dots no they're no. trying to culminate the gold dust feud that never got resolved with taker before he ultimately resolves his mankind feud which will take him out of action yep later on 
So I understand what they're doing. They're trying to just kind of like hit the nail on the head, finish off unfinished storylines, yeah. which is crazy to think that they're doing that at this point. Yeah, no, it's not. Uh, it's not what they're known for anymore. No. Uh, we get a, st- a vignette for the stalker, aka Barry Windham. But a cool fucking vignette. It was a terrible cool execution. Once <laughs> you see him the next week, because this or no, it's not on Raw Championship Friday. It's the week after that. Week after. Yeah. But when he comes out, it's just like, ra- really? You got Barry fucking Wyndham, and you decide to paint him in camo in and call him a fucking predator, like yeah. a stalker. Like what's in the fuck, <laughs> Barry Wyndham? Man, yeah. like, and then we also have a uh, <coughs> two decent co-main events. You had the uh, the final four battle royal. Since Ahmed Johnson's out, you had to find out who was going to take on an HBK Raw Championship Friday. Went between Savio Vega, Goldust, Sid, and Stone Cold. It was a decent battle royal. Goldust obviously goes over, challenges Shawn Michaels at Raw Championship Friday. That's what we talk about in the Patreon episode. And then HBK has a passable match with Yokozuna. Bulldog and Owen also had a pretty damn fine match. Yes, they did a tag not, team match. Not like the one in oh, Germany. No, not a tag team match, a singles match. They had a singles match. For the match. IC title tournament. Yes. Yeah. Good match. Yeah, it good was match. a good match. It not, was. Not, not, not like Germany in 97, <laughs> but good match. No, this this episode here came down as the, the standalone. They capitalized off of SummerSlam really well. Mm-hmm. Um, Great post-SummerSlam episode. It was. Us. It's a shame that you know you had to mix, miss the next week after the strong showing. They did a 2.9, which is a really good number for, for Raw at this point in time. Uh, again, the August 26th, we didn't get an episode of Raw. This caused uh, WCW to have a huge rating. And the September 2nd, the Raw Championship Friday, like we talked, let's just preface it. We had uh, HBK and Sid in an IC Eternal match where Sid would win. Stone Cold gets disqualified in his IC Eternal uh, turn- match, tournament match against Marrow. Pillman announces Brett and uh, will return at Mind Games. You get the whole Diesel Razor fiasco, and HBK beats Goldust. Uh, this ended up doing a 3.4. Just stand alone on a Friday. The Monday Night Wars is what's killing the WWE, really. Because if so they're they on no a Nitro different... to compete with. Yeah. So, so ni- no Nitro to compete with. You got a 3.4. Uh, we go back to September 9th, which is two days later. Uh, we had uh, more IC title tournament matches. It's really a horrible episode of Raw. I found this one. Your return to Monday night is just garbage. Like the stalker taking on TL Hopper. And the next one after oh. that, too. Like. The next one after that, yeah, it's 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 a little shitty, but like let's let's say here, Farouk beat Vega in an icy tournament, the title tournament. Uh, at least a good HBK promo uh, with uh, Jose and Cornette. They're building that decently, where you got HBK is kind of pushing along that storyline at least. Crush debuted with Clarence Mason. Who no, beef? no. He, oh, he didn't debut. No, that was the second match. Oh, when did he debut? In in Ju- August, I guess. In, in eh? July. In July. Yeah, um, the Federation on Shuffle before the one that we did for Raw Championship Friday would yep. have been covering Crush's debut. Really? So yeah. the, he just had that big of a span without having a match, eh? He's probably been on Superstars. Fair enough. But yeah, that, that was his second Raw appearance. That's fair. That's fair. And then we had such shitty matches as, you know, Undertaker and Salvador Sincere and whatever. But the September 16th, we had the Bret Hart footage, the tournament semifinals for the uh the IC tournament the, <laughs> the semifinals for the IC title tournament. I I I'm really hating having to say that so much. 
on these episodes of Raw IC title tournament. Farouk takes, uh, beats uh, Psycho Sid by disqualification. Then you had Mero, who defeated Owen Hart as well. This would be the last time you would ever see Owen Hart's cast. Yeah, it's gone on the pay-per-view. It's gone on the pay-per-view. It would never come back. And then you have Gorilla Monsoon coming out and saying that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash would not be appearing on Raw. That's all lies. And it's just... It's so confusing. It's so confusing. It's, it makes no sense. No sense at all. But, I mean, that did a 2.1. So, like, the, the just going down and down and down. Like, that 2.1 was against a 3.7 for WCW. Uh, the 2.4 was against a 3.7 for WCW. So, I mean, it's just so on and so forth. Their like, comeback episode for Mind Games did a 2. Post-Mind Games, 2.0. Nobody so, has interest for Shawn Michaels no and more. Mankind. Honestly, though, it's not even that. I find there's a lot of disconnect here with Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yeah. He's not that good of a champion like great wrestler but as a champion and everything outside of that it's just meh it's all it is i thought that the way that he carried himself at the end of this show that we just watched like the mind game show yeah i thought that that was more top guy yeah the way that he kind of like went out into the crowd and like kind of like stopped the whole separation of himself like how he's just like i'm gonna fucking do my thing grab me the fucking belt and get him out of the fucking <laughs> ring you know instead he actually like fucking acted yeah. like a baby face he did he did have a little bit of a temper tantrum though at one point in that match yeah i think i know where you mean i think it, it was almost impossible to miss it um but yeah no that's that was the episodes of raw so we should just get into the show shall we shall we we shall 1986 again by the music. Welcome everyone to the city of brotherly love. Welcome to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the brand spank. So we're here for WF in your house 10 mind games. Like I said, it's September 22nd. We're in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's a core state center. Not to be uh, misled with like cores beer it's just core state uh there's 15,000 people here in attendance with 11,969 paid equals uh $210,000 we got Vince JR Mr. Perfect the worst commentary team I've come to feel on this whole timeline I do not like it when I get this team. Mr. Perfect is fucking boring. JR is just smothered with Vince there. I hate it. I hate every last fucking second of it. I really do. I haven't noticed it much, but yeah, it's it's an interesting Try making dynamic. art of commentaries. That's fair. With this, that's you fair. can't. I had one, one piece that I was like, that's funny. That's cool. Yeah. No. I mean, like, that's not always a bad thing either, because I picked, like, the worst parts of the commentary out, <laughs> but, like... <sighs> Without King on there, it's really hard, yeah. I would assume. Uh, this arena is dark as fuck. <laughs> like, everything is fucking dark. They do an intro with, like, the play-by-play team ringside yeah. at the beginning of the show, and you can hardly fucking see them. You can hardly see the crowd when they do crowd shots. <laughs> the fucking ramp is so fucking dark. It's unreal. Like, the lighting yeah. is abysmal on this show. It, it, yeah. I mean, it's also, I, I don't, I, I, 
I don't know if the In Your House shows are always lit well. They are lit better than they were on this show. That's fair. That's fair. The show was really dark. I didn't really notice that too much. Uh, But before we go any further, Travis did a a 0.48 on a pay-per-view buy rate. What do you think that was? Let's play this game again. I love playing this game with you. I play it every time, actually. 197,000. Oh, you're giving them a lot of credit, my friend. Uh, first off, SummerSlam did 157,000. Yeah, I can't remember this. Um, but this did 120,000. Oh. Fall Brawl did 230,000 the same month. So. Yeah, because they tripled their business or doubled their business <laughs> yeah. in one year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's madness. It's absolute fucking madness. I somehow got my... Uh, oh, wow. I just got to leave that. <laughs> That's... I guess. So, Travis, there were some dark matches here on this show. Can you imagine? How many dark matches do you think came before this pay-per-view event? I believe that there were two. There were four. There were four. There were four dark matches. Jake Roberts took on Hunter Hearst Helmsley in the first one and defeated him. The the slow rise for Hunter Hearst Helmsley will begin in like ten months, maybe. Uh, No. I suppose DX starts soon, doesn't it? No. No? It's about February when he gets China that he starts to get pushed again. He gets China in February? Yeah. Really? About that, yeah. I didn't think he got China until he was with Sean. but... I didn't think he got... Oh. Because then the Goldust feud, the Amazon attacks Marlena. Right. I remember that fucking uh, wrestling magazine that I had. I think she debuts like the week before WrestleMania 13. Mm, Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, we also had Farouk taking on Mark Merrow. He would defeat him in a dark match. This is actually the finals for the IC title tournament, uh, but they're doing it the next night on Raw as well. So I guess, you know, I wonder who's going over. Not Farouk. <laughs> Not two nights in a row. And then we had Sid Vicious taking on Vader, and then Savio Vega defeating Marty Janetti. Isn't it? Fuck. Savio Vega pulled double duty. Yes. Okay. Um, it's also <laughs> fucking crazy that one, Sid, who is mega over dark match. Yes. Two, Vader, who main evented Summer SummerSlam, the last pay per view, dark match. Yeah. That he do- They both get their shit in in this yes, pay per view. They do. But still, that is crazy to think. You would. Uh, you could imagine. Why not put Vader and Psycho Sid on that main show? Two big names. Throw away fucking Nelson Muntz taking on Savio Vega. (laughs) Speaking of Nelson Muntz, uh, our show opens up with a Caribbean strap match. The third one this year. Why? Why? Why is this a match that's happening so often in this fucking program? Why? And it's always in your houses, too. Yep. It's like that is the, the, the preferred match. You can't just have Savio Vega, who is a passable wrestler to go yeah. out and wrestle a match. No, no, it's goddamn impossible, Travis. You can't do that. And by the way, the network deceives you when you watch this because it says Uncle Zebekiah takes on Savio Vega in a Caribbean strap match. Does it really? Yes, it does. I never even noticed so it. I went into this like initially just skimming through the network being like, oh shit, does this like change from Justin Bradshaw to fucking Dutch Mantel wrestling Savio <laughs> like on the flick of a fucking switch yeah no I don't I don't know what to say should uh do you want to hear the Savio Vega promo 
Um, not really. He called him a stinky <laughs> cowboy. That's that was about well, it. Yeah, that's why I want I want people. To, how often are we going to get to hear Savio Vega promos? <laughs> it's, <coughs> it's thirty seconds. Savio Vega, challenge issued, challenge accepted. You're ready for the Caribbean strap match, Savio. Justin Hook, you want to be in a pay per view? You want to be in a WWF pay per view? You got it. You got a stinky cowboy. Tonight, right now, you and me, Caribbean front match. Tu quieres pelear con Sabio Vega? Tu tienes esa lucha aquí en el new house, en tu casa, en tu cara. You ready, Justin Hart? Because Sabio Vega gonna win you what? All right, thank you very much, and here he comes. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, this Sabio Vega gonna whip you butt. Yeah, you stinky cowboy. <laughs> yeah, it's that's Sabio Vega, boys. Sabio Vega. Anyways, this match is really only known for one thing and one thing only. This is the match where you see Sandman and Tommy Dreamer and Paul Heyman ringside. And Sandman spits beer into Savio Vega's face. And a little scrum happens. And that's basically all you're really watching for the rest of the match. Prior to them showing them, an ECW chant breaks out. It does. And I have no idea why they're chanting ECW. No, you there. didn't realize the Sandman they were there. Hey? I never knew that this happened. I swear to God. I you never, didn't know this was actually a thing? Knew. No. Never really? knew. Really? It was a legitimate surprise when I saw yeah, Sandman. they're in Philadelphia. Yeah, I knew right? that. So I it, didn't spot Paul. I no. spotted Tommy and I spotted Sandman. Yeah. But that was a fucking real cool spot. And I thought that that was also... A nice touch to this show. Yeah, unexpected surprises. This is the, well. This marks the beginning of the the working relationship between WWF and, and ECW. What does Vince say? It's uh, it's a local promotion trying well, to make yeah. a name for themselves and not to give them any attention. Or yes, something like that. yes. But the camera still cuts back in on them and everything like that. They play it up like, hey, yeah, we didn't want this to happen, but you know they're still showing it. You know what I mean? They're still allowing it to go down. The so, worst thing is, though, is that when they're leaving, the crowd is focused entirely on the ECW guys. They don't yeah. give a shit about the match. They're even popping, and you know that they're not popping for the match. No, no. No, definitely not. They're not popping for the match. And you know what? At least it's happening. That's really all this match was there for. Bore the crowd so that they get excited about the ECW guys. Yeah. And, you know, basically, you know, Savio would touch all four corners. This match would be over. Woohoo. It's done. It's just, just the worst. Going in from the worst into another worst, we've got Jose Lothario taking on Jim Cornette. Sorry, sorry. Super Sock. Jose Lothario taking on James E. Cornette. See, I love that I thought name. it was the Super heartbreak Sock. kid, Jose Lothario. <laughs> from his jacket that he's wearing? That studded heart. the music? Well, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, what, was this, what would his song be if he was Super Sock? Just have him come up to Savio Vegas theme. Give him Tito Santana's theme. At this point, you may as well, like, I don't know. <laughs> So it's at this point in time we catch a glimpse of uh, what looks like Razor Ramon and Diesel laying the boots of Savio Vega. As cameras get closer, they both run away. And they just this is that's all you'll hear about on this show about fake Diesel and, and fake they Razor. Debut tomorrow night. They would debut the next night on Raw. Jr. would come out and he would cut like his "I'm turning heel" promo. And you know, I, that probably wouldn't last for very long. Hey, about a month. Yeah, and then by the time the the new year rolls around. Rick Bogner or Bogner, whatever the fuck his name is, is gone. Yeah, you can. Uh, there's a very comical story on it. You can go onto the Federation's Patreon page and hear the comical story on how uh, he got fired. 
Mm-hmm. So, or look it up on Google, whatever. Give us money. Give us money. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, Cornette, basically, he's not a wrestler, right? Jose Lothario, in good shape for a guy of his age. Uh, but there's only so much you can do when, A, Cornette isn't actually a wrestler. And at this point in time, his knees have been giving him so much trouble. Like, he could barely walk backstage. His knee was so swollen that day. And then he has to go and have a little match in his in his weird little tights. Yeah, you know, Cornette ran into some punches. Yeah. Cornette looked like a million bucks compared to Lothario, to be fairly honest. I, I agree. Cornette could take, you know what I mean? But then again, Cornette can't really feed the Lothario because he's not a... He's not supposed to. No. No, but I mean, like, there's nothing really... You know what I mean? Lothario, as an old man, if he had an actual wrestler in there with him, could probably make him look a lot better oh, than no, he did. Oh, no. This was... This should not have happened. No. Th- no, this, it shouldn't. It, it, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Why have four dark matches when you could have just gotten rid of some of the absolute drizzling shit on the undercard? I mean, you could. This is, this is not the end of it. No. Oh, God, no. No, there, there is still more undercard. Uh, but uh, Super Sock would end up, you know, hitting a Super Sock into the face of Cornette and gets the win. And the match is over in 57 seconds. I mean, that's he gets two a matches. Pop too. He does get a pop. It's true. But it's because he's with Shawn Michaels. I, I think it's because out. they hear Shawn's music and they're like, oh, yeah, Shawn. <laughs> that music makes me happy. <laughs> but no, uh, this is two matches in a row where it means nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's like like we've talked about before, is it's the complete opposite between WCW and WWF, where in WWF you get good main events. In WCW, horrible fucking main events with great mid card. Yeah. At least the main events have names. At least the matches that suck have stars in it. You know what I mean? Like here in the WWF, the matches that suck has Savio Vega and fucking Justin Hawk Bradshaw. Or two old fucking men, and one of them doesn't even wrestle. Not even wrestling ever was. Yeah, or it's a fucking legitimate legend taking on someone who has also never wrestled. Yeah. <sighs> Fuck. Or a fucking upper, upper mid-card match that has a stipulation that is never mentioned never specified and Final curtain match yeah whoa fuck what what the hell was that does that just mean it's their final match i think i think so like, but like it doesn't need you, a you literally name. had to draw your own conclusion to what a final <laughs> curtain match. this is a fucking david lynch episode it was a fucking david lynch feud that's what it was <sighs> this whole episode is a david lynch fucking episode at least this one gives you a payoff at the end not even no it doesn't there's, there's not no even a fucking payoff no in the end of this fucking this is a david lynch episode but no that being said, at least right now we get to go to the superstar line. We get to see Sable and Marrow and Sonny and Farouk. This was a this was not entertaining whatsoever. And you're trying to sell the fact that you can talk to the workers after their matches. You got two guys who are in dark matches. Nobody knows they're even a part of a part of the show. It just makes no goddamn sense. No nope. sense whatsoever. None and, of them are saying hear, anything. Like, you can hear Sonny like incoherently yell at yeah. the game. And she's just like on the phone, but she's staring directly into the camera. Yeah. Like she is like breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. And she, Farouk has just sat there like this. Just like, I can't believe I'm part of this. I cannot believe I'm it. Still in my goddamn gladiator outfit. <laughs> I've still got my yarmulke on. Christ. At least this brings us into, though, probably... The second best part of the show, the Brian Pillman uh, promo. You know, I like all parties involved, but this 
thing didn't really have wheels until Steve Austin got out there. No, that, you're goddamn right. It really didn't have wheels. This made no still. sense. It did. But it's obviously because Brett was supposed to do this, but he couldn't. Yes. So you had Brian Pillman coming out, berating the crowd, and only Brian, in a way that only Brian Pillman could. Uh, just takes the crowd he's out. He's got no crutches. He, you no, know, he's just got a slight limp, because there is a hope that he's going to be back by the end of the year. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think that goes it. Goes. No. Goes the plan. <laughs> but Travis, uh, you got any highlights of what Brian Pillman had to say? Um, one, I like the fact that he has no theme right now. Yeah. I, I find that that unexpected thing where it's like, oh shit, Brian Pillman's out here. Like, God damn it. What, what the fuck is he going to do now? What does this shirt say? I don't I, call 911. I don't call 911. It's a picture of a gun. It's a very famous shirt that he's worn because he comes back and Pillmanizes Stone Cold wearing the tie dye pants yeah. and the I don't call nine one one shirt. Yeah, I remember when I was younger, you could fucking buy that shirt on eBay for a ridiculous amount of money. Really? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. If you notice, the two ECW seats are still empty. Really? At this point, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it, it, the, as I said, this thing has no wheels. It's slightly confusing because they're kind of rambling. Yeah. Like Pillman's kind of talking shit about Brett and Owen comes out and Owen's like he was saying that him and Brett are good but Owen's or Brett said that Owen and him aren't good and they're just kind of talking about nothing and then they get stone cold at least at least Brian Pillman gets the greatest nickname of all time Pill just just listen to this okay oof well you know Pill (laughs) Well, you know, Pill. <laughs> it's oh, that's a great. A, that's a grim a nickname. Great knowing what happens a year later. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about it that way. Uh, I thought the Owen Hart promo was, was was good. He was talking about how Bret Hart won't come back tonight because he's afraid of one man. And then and then Brian Pillman goes, "He's afraid of you." Well, he's afraid of me a little bit, but <laughs> he's afraid of the 1996 King of the Ring winner. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And this is all so bizarre to watch. It is It is very bizarre to watch. Um, but uh, Stone Cold comes out and he cuts a marvelous promo. He's got his jacket. He's got his jacket. He's got the Stone Cold cadence. But I want you... I'm going to play this promo, but I want you to really figure out that he hasn't completely figured out this character. And you'll know why at the end. So, here we go. Why do you think Brett's not here? This is a the whole world promo. knew a great promo. that Bret yeah. Hart wasn't going to show up. Stone Cold sure as hell knew that. The bottom line is when Stone Cold's in the house, Bret Hart is at his house because he's scared of Stone Cold. And that's the bottom line. As soon as I rolled into the WWF, Bret Hart, you packed your bags and took your carcass back to Canada. Are you trying to say Bret Hart's a chicken? Bret Hart doesn't even qualify as being a chicken. He's a slimy substance that runs out of the south end of a chicken. <laughs> Let me make fantastic. myself clear. If you put the letter S in front of Hitman, you blast. have my exact all right, opinion I don't of think Brett we Hart. have to go there. I don't think we have to go there at all. Brett, you and me are alike in a lot of ways. You say you're the excellence of execution. I live it every day of my life. The problem with you is you always cared what these people thought. Stone Cold never gave a rat's ass about anybody. Brett, if you ever do come back, and I hope you do, son, we're going to get in this same ring, 
and somebody's going to get their ass whipped. And Austin 316 says it's going to be your ass. And that's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. He I like hasn't that. figured out. Philadelphia sucks. All right. Don't go Steve Austin. And it's <laughs> oh, man. What they should have done, Pilma should have came out and been like, I'm going to take a goddamn piss in the ring. <laughs> Just like he did in Philadelphia earlier in February. <laughs> I'm in ECW. Yeah, at CyberSlam. Uh, but um, I like Austin 316 has your ass or whatever. What, what was it? Uh, fuck, I can't even quite remember. But it, 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 basically, he says. Says uh, it's your ass. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's like it's not like oh, uh, that was that does not it's work. Be your ass. It it works, but he figures it out. It gets more of a flow to it once he figures it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, truth be told, that's the first real Austin promo we've gotten. Like he's cut a couple size on Raw. June. Well, size for in June, but like. He hasn't gotten the time. Well, it, it's it, the one in June at King of the Ring was the iconic Austin 316 promo, but he didn't have the Stone Cold character f- com- at all fleshed out. That was the beginning No, he still of it. had that weird deckle and shit on yeah. the back. Of it. I, I think that this was a perfect sign that we are about to see a more comfortable, so, yes. fleshed out Stone Cold yeah. character that's going to start being presented. Well, in, in two months... He has that match against mm-hmm. Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Next uh, next month, he wrestles Triple H at Buried Alive. Does he? Yes, he does. Huh. Well, shit on so that. So that's obviously a match to put Stone Cold over. I remember you play that match in the in the 2K16, don't you? You might. I'm pretty sure you do. Pretty fucking sure you do, actually. I know how that match goes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh, this, this brings us to the WWF World Tag Team title match between Owen Hart and British Bulldog. You didn't want to talk the... about um, Mark Henry sightseeing and posing for the camera? I mean, if you've got anything to say no, I don't. about Mark Henry, I don't. Because that is the stupidest. It's the, the worst stupidest. thing. The worst thing. How do they guys? How do they think that this guy's money at this point? I, I don't know. The, the... This guy should have been sent down to USWA for like four fucking years. Well, he wouldn't really even really be relevant until four or five years. Until sexual chocolates when he really becomes nah, a thing. because he's in the nation. With... Yeah, but he's not. He's still not relevant. He's, no, he's that member the of the nation that nobody cared about. Right? Until it's, sexual chocolate. Yeah. Until sexual chocolate. The only thing anybody cared about was, uh, was X-Pac. And it wasn't for D'Lo Brown. Like, if it wasn't for D'Lo Brown... Mark Henry would have had nothing. No, because that's what kind of, like, got Mark Henry wheels, was yeah. D'Lo Brown kind of pumping him up and shit, you know? Yeah. So. yeah. It's weird how the Mark Henry story works. It's yeah. so weird. And now he's fucking doing a media scrum with AEW. Yeah. He's a ra- <laughs> I watched his busting open radio thing with uh, Tony Khan. Tony Khan. I watched yeah. it too. I thought Mark Henry's great in that role. He, I, I really great. enjoy Mark Henry doing this. I really do. I, I, I can't wait to see more of it. Yeah. It yep. might get me to actually listen to busted open radio to know Mark Henry's there. And it's not all just Bubba. And he, he's, he comes across very well. Yeah, yeah. He's well spoken. He's smart. He asks smart questions. Yeah. Uh, but Travis, why would you make Owen have another entrance right after coming out, ladies? Because it's Owen Hart. Okay. I know it's Owen man. Hart, but like, couldn't you just time this a little bit better? Like, I I did think that it was ill time to put an Owen Hart segment before an Owen Hart match. Yeah. Have him walk out and walk back yeah. out. It's pretty unfair if you think about it, using all those that energy for nothing. All that high energy? Yeah. Oh, 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 buddy. 
That's a good one. That was a good one. Too bad there was no transition to go from there into like an anvil match or something. Speaking like that. of high energy, this match was fucking great. This match was pretty good. It was. I'm not gonna lie. Um, they cut the cornet backstage. He was with me, uh, medical medical personnel, and he's getting yelled at by Clarence Mason, who would then come down. Blah blah blah. Which uh, I don't think cornet was privy to. No. No, I'm sure it wasn't either, because Clarence Mason's stealing his boys, right? Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. what Clarence Mason's been doing for weeks, stealing Cornette's boys. Uh, but the guns come out, and you can see there's a real disconnect between Billy and Bart over Sonny, because Billy is all over Sonny, and Bart's having none of it, because Bart's the older brother. It's just such a good story to have yeah, a yeah. break. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Bart's like 10 feet forward away from Billy Gunn, yeah. who's with Sonny. He's just got his arms draped around her. Great. Like, yeah. at first I thought it was going to be subtle, and then they kept on bringing it up. So I was like, okay, so this is going to be this is going to be a big thing. Yes. Yeah. And, it, yeah. It, I mean, it's not the biggest thing in the world, but it does lead to their breakup. And it leads to Billy Gunn being what bigger I like than he ever should be. <laughs> is that we're getting these gimmick tag teams out. slowly phased yeah. out. We still yeah, got the we're Godwins. we getting the Sultan in, though. Sultan's in. He's going to be gone right after Mania. I know, but the still. The headbangers come in. I know. And the Truth hey, Commission. Hey, I got nothing against the headbangers or the. I don't mind the Truth Commission at all. Oh, just wait until you see the Truth Commission. Well, Buchanan and, Cur- and Cur- Kurgan? Fuck yeah. Uh, just wait. Just wait, buddy. Um, the headbangers as well. Just wait. They don't age well. But um, this match is really good. It is the best smoking guns match I have ever seen. That's not saying much. No, it's not saying much, but this was at least like, fuck, I'd give this a three-star match. I'd say this was three stars. Fair enough. It wasn't. It wasn't given three stars. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not saying like you're wrong. It's Wrestling not three. subjective. I'm not saying you're wrong. <laughs> I'm just saying like, it sounded like you're asking me what Dave Meltzer's star no, rating no, was on. I, I believe I'm, it was in, two and a half. In my opinion, this felt like a perfectly average match that two great workers got two subpar workers <laughs> to have a good yeah. match. It was all Owen and Bulldog. Man, it was all Owen, really. And Billy Gunn was really aggressive. Billy Gunn, too, who immediately looks a lot smaller. Oh, yeah. He's when lost you compare a... him to... No, no, no. Even like before, he's lost a lot of weight where he hasn't had uh, the ability to use his hands because he's had that broken hand. True. Right? So you can see that he's slimmed down more. He's not so big, but I mean, he would... I'm pretty sure he hit up the roids. Actually, we know he hit up the roids because he, he got fired for doing roids. He doesn't get bigger until about 98, though. Well, when he starts with New Age Outlaws. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. Yeah. But yeah, um, I thought that this was a perfectly <gasps> fine match. Travis. What? We're going to get Rockabilly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I just dawned on me. I was like, what does he do between now and then? I was like, Rockabilly. Rockabilly's after Mania, though, so that's I don't, oh, far away. Oh, so we won't be touching that this arc. No. No. That's a shame. But yeah, uh, Owen and Billy pretty much dominate the best stuff of this match. We should probably also touch on, upon oh, the, the uh, Sonny's Sunny. big photo drop that turned out to be a big bulldog and Owen rib. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they drew uh, ugly hair on her. Uh, and a mustache. Like a Van Gogh mustache. And they yeah. drew uh, extra amount love. of... An extra amount of ass, too. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, Jesus Christ, her ass was like, <laughs> like okay, you want to say, like, I don't know, here to here. Okay. It was extended, and you, this is great audio right here. I know, right? Fantastic audio. Oh, I do see it now. Yeah, I do see it, because I got a little picture. This is two Bulldog and Owen All My Love, Sonny. You betcha. Yeah. It was fantastic. And Sonny, too, she plays that part so well. It's not 
Yeah, she's just sitting on the fucking apron, just sulking, telling the cameraman to get her face. It's, she's really good at that character. She yeah. is really good. And, you know, it's almost a shame that nobody's doing that character anymore in wrestling. You know what I mean? Like the the the, the I get what I want lady. You know what I mean? Yes, Steph, but it's it's a I have all the power, so I get. I think what it's I want. been done so much that you can't do one that worked as well as Sonny's. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right with that. Yeah, but anyways, both teams here are heels, technically, because Owen and, and Davy are part of Camp Cornette, and and the Smoking Guns have Sonny. You can't be a babyface with Sonny. It's impossible. But it's Philly, so Bulldog and Owen are actually babyfaces. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like they knew it because they really kept Owen and Bulldog as the babyfaces more in this match, and really relied on the story of Smoking Guns to be their tension with Sonny, and how whenever Sonny gets involved, Billy is more invested in if Sonny's okay or keeping Sonny out of harm's way. Uh, but uh, Clarence Mason, then he makes his way to the ring. He talks to Owen and Bulldog in the match. He almost gets him to lose the match at first because he comes out and it almost causes a roll-up win. But uh, did you catch British Bulldog getting the crowd to chant, Bart sucks Billy? Is that what they were chanting? Yes, Bart sucks Billy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Bulldog. Oh, Davey, man. What a fucking... What, like, what a little shit. Some of the shit that they would get doing. Like, the fact that it's just, it's a shame it wasn't as audible as it was. Because I read it in the Observer. And then I tuned in and was like, that. It's that con- that chant that they were doing that I couldn't understand. It, yeah, it was an ineligible yeah. chant. Yeah, it was, it was Bart Sucks Billy. Uh, but then the guns would hit a sign winder. Uh, they're about to get the win. Mason has the ref distracted when Owen comes to uh, to break up the pin. And then Bulldog would hit a running power slam on Bart. Billy would try to break it up, but Owen would quickly hit a heel kick. And Owen and the Bulldog are now the new tag team champions. This is a fantastic match. Bulldog wins with a running power slam, not a heel kick. No, I, I no, I said Owen hit. hit he, uh, maybe I said I said Bulldog would win with a running power running power slam on Bart. Billy would then try to break it up, but Owen would quickly hit a heel kick. Ah, ah, fair. Sorry. And then Owen and Bulldog are now Sorry, the my new friend. tag team champions. <laughs> Although, I can attribute something to this, because yes, go they, Bulldog and Owen, hold this title for 240 days plus. Really? Yes. Really? Well, at least we finally got a credible tag team, mm-hmm. and you're doing something with Owen and Davey that, that can be you know labeled as you know some kind of higher tier, even though there really isn't a tag team division right now that's even worth a damn. Do you have a guess who they lose the titles to? In, in 200 days, like, at WrestleMania? At WrestleMania? No. Uh, they lose it in um, the late spring, early summer, June. June or May. Godwins. Nah. The Headbangers? Nah. Who? You just want me to tell you? Yeah. Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, right. I totally forgot about that tag team. Yeah. In, like, a fucking amazing Raw match. Like, really fucking good. Huh. I totally forgot about that. It was building up their King of the Ring match in 97. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Uh, But no, like I said, uh, Sonny then cuts a promo, uh, talking down both uh, members of Smoking Guns. She fires them and runs away. Billy's super sad, starts running after. Barsh is like, what the fuck? (laughs) We lost our titles, and all Billy cares about is Sonny. So, uh, you know, that I thought that was pretty good. And then we... uh, 
we cut to Kevin Kelly, who was backstage. And Mankind and Bear just cut a fantastic promo. Mm-hmm. Just And you can't see shit. You can't see shit, and it doesn't really matter, because all you really need to know is that Paul Bear, you know, he builds you, he leads you in, and he, you know, he tell, tells you what he needs to say, but he's not why you're there to listen. But when he hands it off to Mankind, Mankind just cuts just a fantastic promo. It was unreal. This is the Mankind show. Yeah, it really, well, I mean, it's called Mind Games, so. Oh, God, I just love that, that skull. Yeah. It's like they uh, they put Mankind's mask on the Survivor Series 1998 Deadly Game skull. Oh, yeah, yeah, kind of, <laughs> kind of, yeah. It made him look a little bit like an alien, though, where the, the head totally. comes up so much with the Mind Games part. But uh, let's take a look into uh, the Paul Bearer and Mankind promo. I'm in the bowels of the core state spectrum right now with Paul Bearer and Mankind. Paul Bearer, you have already led one man to the World Wrestling Federation I like Championship. The buzzing in the background Will you make because Mankind the, the next champion yeah. tonight? Oh, you hit the nail right on the head right here tonight. My Mankind will be the new World Wrestling Federation champion. And you know what's so funny about it? The creatures of the night. It was your fault that I did what I did to The Undertaker. And Shawn Michaels, you're quick. It's your fault that Mankind I like how they're all using the click, too, as a fan base. Like, that term got out. And they had to use it as something. Mankind, what do you have in store for Shawn Michaels? Misery and destiny. This is the gold. You see, I live to make Shawn Michaels miserable. I live to make his click feel the pain that I've known my whole life. You see, Uncle Paul has told me that it's my destiny. They are Shawn Michaels' gurgled screams. It's my destiny to hear his liver rupture. It's my destiny to hold my hand aloft, Uncle Paul, and cuddle that heavyweight title. It's destiny. And after that, we'll all have a nice day. We talked about this before. He stopped doing this because it killed his voice. It shot his voice, but... These promos are just so fucking fantastic. It's a shame he couldn't have done them longer than he did. Yeah, safely. Safe yeah. on his voice. He should have had a vocal coach teach him how to do that. But, I mean, it's wrestling. You don't really realize those things. I mean, you've got bands out there that go years and years and years and not realize that they're fucking their vocal cords until they can't do it no more. Yeah. they got to find a new way to do it. Blow your voice out every yeah. couple of years, and then eventually you just can't do it the same way. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, uh, this this brings us to another garbage match. Mark Henry, like you said, we weren't finished with this. We got Mark Henry and Jerry Lawler, and and just you know, I did like um, Jerry the King Lawler just eating McDonald's backstage <laughs> and then yeah. spilling coffee on Mark Henry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I thought that like was like they that got the McDonald's good. logo on WWF TV without it being a sponsor. <laughs> they did, they did. It was crazy. It was crazy because McDonald's <laughs> never fucking sponsored WWE. Maybe nowadays. I with don't think they would. Though, they haven't. Should. They have. Oh, I suppose maybe. With I Coca-Cola. think that now they could. It's possible now yeah. they could, but not in '96. No, no, no. 
Maybe right. This is definitely not nine six. No stacker two and what Stride rock and robots and stride X. Yeah, it's not PlayStation did it once, but I mean PlayStation's pretty new at this Dreamcast point. Dreamcast would do it. Yeah, Xbox yeah. game companies. Would. Game companies would because this is their market. Yeah, right. It, Hell, it, like the fucking video game awards. The first year it was a thing. They had, had a wrestling, wrestling match. match on it. Yeah, with like. It was a mixed Ray mixed, Mysterio. It was, was a there. mixed match with yeah. like Tori Wilson and Ray versus like Tajiri and Stacy or something oh, was like it? that. Something like that. Tajiri Gross. and garbage. I, I don't know. Absolute garbage. But uh, Mark Henry signed a ten-year contract at this point in time. Uh, Two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year downside guarantee. Unreal. Yeah, uh, he isn't the only person though that has been offered a ten-year deal, and most of the high-level wrestlers are getting two hundred fifty thousand dollars on their downside, like Sean, Undertaker, you know, Brett, those guys. Not Mark Henry just strolls Henry in. Just hey, I'm strong. <laughs> Give me like all the money. I got no personality yet, but you know I'm I'm strong. I like looking at things, and I like to. Whatever you need picked up, I can pick it up. I can break an apple with my hand. I know poetry. <laughs> People tell me I'll make a great media. <coughs> People tell me that I'll make a great media strum person here in about fifteen twenty years. I'm sterile to the point where I can only have a woman give birth to a hand. <laughs> If only we knew. If only we knew. <laughs> uh, Lawler says that he's going to uh, show Henry that he's never going to be as good as he is. He's going to show Henry that he can't. He's going to show everybody that Henry can't even escape a headlock. Uh, King then takes a super bump to the outside, crashes into the guardrail. It's like they taught Henry to do three <coughs> moves. Yep. And that was it. And then it King was like had. Bret Hart and Tommy Gee. King had to best bump his ass off. Like. He was yeah. taking some nasty bumps he was. for someone his age. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, throughout, Henry makes easy work of, of Lawler. Uh, this causes Jerry to go out, and he I guess he grabs some knucks. They don't really show what it is, but he I grabs he something, something from his tight. His hand. Yeah, and uh, it didn't really do much to Mark Henry nonetheless, who would then win via submission with a backbreaker. You, you call it a backbreaker, but a backbreaker is a move in and of itself. I suppose. What we call this, like a one-shoulder torture lock? Like torture rack, yeah. yeah. Like, I don't understand why Vince would call it a backbreaker. A backbreaker is literally a sidewalk slam with a knee out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, post-match, though, Travis, fucking, let's what get the all fuck the jobbers this? out here. All of them. This is the 24-7 title right here. It really was. <laughs> Leaf Cassidy would come out and try to attack him. He would fail. Marty Jannetty would come out with his club foot. He would fail. Then Triple H would come down. He would get, like, a punch. But, I mean, we are right after the uh, the curtain call. Or what was it called? Not the cur- it was the curtain was call. The cur- I but feel it like happened with Gold in May Dust, and this September. No, I know that, but like it's a but he's still a part of it though. He's still getting fucking shit on for being a part of it. He's coming down and he's getting made easy work with Mark Henry. It just oh madness. And then Mark Henry's theme plays for like three to four minutes while they build up the buried live show. <laughs> yeah. They build up the buried this is what we were talking about earlier, where they basically give us the main event for the next month's show and it's between two guys and a match here that we you know, mankind could be the champion. But we don't know. The way that they sell it is that oh well it's the first ever unsanctioned match in the yeah. WWF because someone's gonna get buried alive. So even if mankind wins, it's not gonna be for the WF championship. Which yeah. immediately tells you this mankind show is not is- winning. 
and that the next show is fucking worthless if he fucking has the title. Yeah. Like, why do you want to see a show where the fucking WWF champion isn't going to defend his title, but he might die? <laughs> he might get buried alive. Fuck. Yeah. Just, like, fuck right off. It doesn't really make any sense. And when, you know, we're going to go right into more not making sense because, again, the final curtain match, the name just doesn't make sense all, only in the fact that Undertaker's going away next month and we got to close off all the storylines. And they have a long video package. Good video package. Yeah. But it's missing one thing, Tyler. What, what is it missing? It's missing what the fuck a final curtain match is. Yeah, yeah. it misses telling us what this illustrious match is. We and have history up until the casket match and shit yeah. like that. And like it's a good history, too. It's a decent video it's explaining good. how these guys got to this point. But why would you call it this? Like, it, it makes no sense if you... It, it, would Goldust like, even win a match? He didn't beat Taker at all, right? I think he beat Taker in the casket match, but it was because of Mankind. Oh, yes. Yeah. In that international incident, Taker beat him. Yeah. But I think Mankind interfered after. <sighs> or maybe yeah. Goldust beat him. I, I don't fucking know. Well, and then but, Undertaker would come up through the ring and drag Mankind down. Yeah, and uh, on this pay-per-view, you get a nice little still shot of the uh, the fucking the blade that Mankind used to fucking get up from the ring. Oh, oh. right there. The one they, right uh, they tried to kick away. Yeah, and then they, they also sped up that footage, too. <laughs> Did you notice that? They sped it up to make it look like he was being dragged down yeah, faster. I it noticed that. It looked great, Yeah, but... You're like, oh, fuck, there's no way the Taker can get down there that fast. <laughs> no, no, God, There's no, no way. He's but, sliding down there like he's oiled up like Michael Nakazawa. Boom, <laughs> <laughs> boom. Uh, the Undertaker missed a bunch of weekend house shows in August uh, due to a staff infection. Actually, in September, due to a staff infection from his boiler room match in August. He ended up getting a cut, went over Labor Day weekend, and, he, and did a couple shots for Puerto Rico, and... Got infected while he was in Puerto Rico. This caused him to maybe not be ready for this match, but he ended up, you know, being a consummate professional. Taker needs his yearly time off at this point. <laughs> right? He does take time off all the time at this point in time. He really does. He does a good run between 97 and about 99 yeah. where nothing happens. But when he gets injured in 99, that's when it's like... Okay, every year Taker takes time off. Which nothing wrong with it, especially a guy well, that was been loyal there for that to long. Yeah, he's the one guy that stayed loyal, never ever left. You know, you can argue Shawn Michaels, but Shawn Michaels is a piece of shit, and you know he left. We know that about SummerSlam last yeah. month when he fucking stomped on Vader's skull. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we'll, we'll, we'll he wouldn't go so such great lengths, but in the next match he does take a little bit of. Even though Mankind literally gave him his best match in his title run. Oh yeah. Easily. Easily. One would argue this is top five Sean's best matches. Probably, yeah. Especially coming off of, like, there's not a real finish to it, and it's still a great match. Yeah, if this match... Eh, I'll get into it after. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Undertaker is in control for what felt like 100% of the match, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it's only a 10-minute match, but Taker is is wiping the floor with gold dust, essentially. <laughs> Um, but like he he's in control so much that he feels like he can scare Marlena at one point. Picks her up, picks her up, and just lifts her up. She just looks at him and she's just like, "I've got a Glock in my purse." <laughs> <laughs> 
Why is my purse on the ground? And then Goldust goes for that little bag that came from her purse, and it's like, oh, shit. You might have, like, plastic explosive in that. Or better yet, a brick, because she's usually always got that cocksucking purse loaded just like that gun. Yeah. Cocked and ready to go. All jokes aside, Marlena, stop shooting those armadillos. Glocked and ready to go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You're worse than Triple H and Shawn Michaels. I said glocked. I, that's what I'm saying. You're worse than Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Uh, but uh, uh, Goldust, he would go outside and get some literal gold dust while Marlena was doing this. And this would be a part of the show for the rest of the night. For fuck's sake. Everybody's sakes. full of gold dust. And uh, he throws it in the eyes of Taker. Goldust then starts dragging the eyes of Taker onto the steel steps. Continues working the face because, you know, his eyes are hurt because of the gold dust. So he'll work his face. Um, I will say, though, that Undertaker looks absolutely fabulous. With gold dust and glitter all over his luscious red hair. It's fabulous. <laughs> you got any thoughts on this match? I like the turnbuckle cam. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what a horrible cam. I- I'm also the kind of guy that liked the referee. I <laughs> I only remember one spot from the, the turnbuckle cam, and that was the Shawn Michaels match. Yeah. Where they show the elbow drop and it's like half cut off, half not. It's like, oh boy, what a shitty fucking camera. <laughs> what a horrible deal that is. But uh Goldust he begins to smother the Undertaker. Like like literally just takes his hand and covers his mouth and starts smothering him. I thought that was quite fun, I guess. He's got big gloves. <laughs> he does got like, big those gloves. Those gloves are like <laughs> they look like winter gloves. He's kind of probably like just taking a he just watched the uh, the uh the Terry uh, Funk and Ric Flair match like, well, Vince not gonna let me use a plastic bag. So I'll smother him with my glove, I guess. But the also funny part is like Undertaker has gloves as well. Undertaker can easily smother him. And how do you smother a fucking guy that's dead? You can't. Because he's dead. Yep, yeah, they also said the Taker was spending time in a fucking medical facility I, post-SummerSlam. Also, that he has his own locker room confiding in absolute solitude prior to this match. That's fair. Yeah. Dead guys, they need their, uh, their R&R. You know? I suppose, too, you know, like, he doesn't even have the urn anymore. Like, And he still does that pose. Yeah. Where he uh, bows to the urn. Yeah, it, it makes of, no sense. But no. they do do some refreshing shit with Taker where he seems like, um, as an individual, he has no Paul Bearer anymore. It's the first time since, like, you know, when, until he lost Brother Love. Yeah. He's on his own and he's aggressive and all those kind of good shit. Like, I, I think that it's a, a different take on Taker. Yeah, no I see intended. that. I, I, <laughs> I see that. Uh, not to go back and, and talk about Goldust smothering the Undertaker, but this obviously gets Goldust super excited. He then grabs his dick while looking upon the sight of Goldust sparkly red-headed Undertaker, and then he just gives us his best Buddy Landell fucking impression, just starts flicking his dick. <laughs> Taker, though. <laughs> he calls... Like a true nature boy. <laughs> like... <laughs> Taker calls to the sexy undead gods, pulls out a tombstone, and gets the win. Yeah, don't touch your dick around the Undertaker. He'll fucking tombstone you into the ground. Tell that Louis C.K. Man, this that. this whole match should have just had like a typo negative song playing in the background. <laughs> I'm going to roll. <laughs> that's, a, that's a 
good Peter Steele. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Oh Christ! Travis, are you ready to hear probably the worst HBK promo of all time? Good Lord! Are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? You're 100 percent ready. Let's let's do this. I'm right here with Shawn Michaels, the World Wrestling Federation champion. We are moments away from the match where you face mankind. Mankind spoke earlier, saying that Paul Bear is leading him to his destiny. But, Sean, everybody in the click knows that this is your destiny, the World Wrestling Federation title. You know, not since I won the World Wrestling Federation title have I gone out and defended this belt and been really, really nervous, you know. And the reason for that is because I feel like I can out-wrestle anybody in the World Wrestling Federation. But let's face it, I am wrestling the wackiest cat that the World Wrestling Federation has ever, ever seen. If I could go out there and wrestle him, I'd have all the confidence in the world. But you never know where this guy's coming from. So I got to tell you, I'm a little bit jittery, I'm a little bit nervous, but one way or another, the Heartbreak Kid's going to do what he always does, and that's find a way to get the job done. Mankind is obviously one of the most unorthodox superstars in the World Wrestling Federation history. You found out a little earlier today on Superstars, uh, could Mankind and Paul Bearer be planning some kind of plot? We've seen Paul Bearer use that casket before, many times with The Undertaker. Now that he's on uh, Mankind's side, this could spell more trouble for you. You know, uh, it's really a politically correct statement it's unorthodox part. that's very nice you know this guy is whacked as the day is long and yeah they got caskets they're playing mind games with me and believe me if there was a mind up here that you could play with you'd be getting the job done but unfortunately there's not a whole lot upstairs when it comes to Shawn Michaels and thank goodness <laughs> otherwise <laughs> now I stopped it because We've got to elaborate on on this Sid Vicious level fucking promo. Like Sid's on the dark. I've match. got half the brain. I got you half do. the brain that you do. So now, now, just in case you want to know, what did he say again? If there was a mind up here that you could play with, you'd be getting the job done. But unfortunately, there's not a whole lot upstairs when it comes to Shawn Michaels. And thank goodness, because otherwise. I'd really, really be in trouble, and I'm already nervous enough as it is. Mankind, Paul Bear, one way. I really don't know how. Up to this point, I'm about to walk up to the ring, and I've got no idea how it is I'm going to deal with you two. I guess I'll just think on the job, I suppose. All right. Thank you very much, World Wrestling Federation champion Shawn Michaels. Babyface promo. There's not a whole lot upstairs when it comes to Shawn Michaels. <laughs> just had to put it in there again. When I hear the whistle, I'm just like, I can see his like lazy eye just kind of like <laughs> taking go, over. Go to the left. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to know, I don't know how to whistle, so I can't. Make I can't fun whistle of- either. I can't whistle either. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Let's get into this main event here. This uh, feast of resistance. This I have is more pages of notes on this match alone than I have on the entire show. Really? <laughs> really? <laughs> Apparently so. Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario taking on Mankind with Paul Bear. It's for the WWE World Heavyweight Title Match. This would be given a four and three quarter star rating by Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. Yeah, that sounds about accurate. Yeah, it's 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 a fantastic match. It goes twenty six minutes twenty five seconds. Uh, it's really the only match with any length. No other match goes over ten minutes. The longest match is actually Owen Hart and British Bulldog and Smoking Guns at ten minutes fifty nine seconds, which was the best match. 
prior to this. Yes. <laughs> oh, easily. 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 Mankind's music plays. A casket gets dragged to ringside. It opens and Mankind sets up, mocking The Undertaker and their next match. This is also a prop for later on into the show, and they would feed into it during the match as well. You won't forget that it's there. That's all I can really say. And, uh, HBK makes his entrance, and this is the first time in months that a lady does not fucking jump the barricade and fucking maul him. So, I mean, this this character of his, especially with the playgirl thing, has to be one of the reasons why like a lot of dudes would turn away from Shawn Michaels. You know what I mean? Like it's it's that it's that telltale sign of you know if you got a guy that's so good looking gets all the girls and people aren't going to like him. People, guys don't like him because he's he's not the, relatable. He's not relatable. Yeah, uh, and that's where you know people would start getting behind mankind in the years to follow because mankind becomes relatable. He's no longer the the crazy uh, Quasimodo that lives under the stairs. He becomes the everyday man who has to put himself through hell hell to get what he needs and same thing with stone cold you got the everyday man well even like to this day if i were to ever show anybody that was either a lapsed fan or not a fan of the product or wrestling they would always gravitate towards like kevin owens yeah and always think that he was the coolest one out of everyone on the roster because because you know a guy that looks like kevin and he's owens. like well like if he can do it then it makes him feel like i can you know yeah. that that kind of shit yeah and that's what you want you need someone like that yeah you need your dusty roads you need yeah. you need that guy a hundred percent you do hundred percent you can't all and Shawn michaels is not that brett hart no. is more of that than, than Shawn, Shawn michaels, michaels. yeah he's at least brett is a realistic human being that's going out there and having matches. Shawn Michaels yeah. is that guy that you fucking hate when you go to work every day. Or that guy that you hate when you went to high school. Like, yep. that kind of shit. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I agree with you there. Uh, it, it's it's something you would have to face for a while. Shawn still has the title till February at this point in time. And then, you know, there would just no. be... Yeah. He loses it in November. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> fuck. Oh, and he wins it again. At, no. January. Yeah. Yeah. At the Royal Rumble. That was the whole point of yeah. the, the build. Okay. Fair enough. But you still, you still, you got Shawn Michaels really. He to the kind top. of has it until February. Like pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he would relinquish it in February a month after getting it. Uh, and then you know, it's, it's lose the breath. <laughs> oh. God. No, that's that, why he lost his smile because he knew that he was going to lose. Yeah, it wasn't losing someone that's not his buddy. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, then that would cause a chain of confusing events throughout that though that span that build of WrestleMania is the most convoluted build of WrestleMania of all time. I feel and it turns out Taker wins. Yeah. Out of everything that was supposed to happen. Taker Steve Austin becomes, versus British Bulldog. Well, it's one of those things where, you know what, Taker, man, you're the only person that doesn't fuck us over. Here's the title. Right? Yeah, he it seems a like a loyalty gift. And he has to deal with Sid Vicious' shitty pants to the whole fucking match. So, I mean, Pulling that's something to look forward to. a 20-minute match with Sid. Yeah, because this is when Undertaker brings back his gray tights, too, for WrestleMania, doesn't he? Gray gloves, gray... I can't remember. I feel like he does. I feel like he breaks them out again. <clears throat> <clears throat> I feel like fucking Jim Cornette there clearing my throat. Oh. <laughs> AW sucks. <laughs> Immediately, Mankind and HBK spill outside. Mankind lifts up the padding. We get a light chant of ECW. HBK then drops man- drop kicks Mankind, who falls under the mats, and HBK just starts blindly stomping onto the body of I Mankind. I thought that, that was such a fucking cool it was, spot. It was where a great Mankind spot. was lifting up the fucking padding, and then HBK caught him underneath the padding. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that's it was, never it was been a really done. Good spot. 
Never no, been done. Uh, I don't nope. think it's ever been fucking repeated. If 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 it if it has, not to this good of a degree, at least. Not nearly. Uh, at this point in time, too, uh, HK would get up and hit a crossbody, and then literally slam mankind's head straight onto the concrete. Mm-hmm. I am a hundred percent sure this causes some kind of concussion. It had to. It looked fucking brutal. Oh, God, but Mankind was psychologically spot on with this match. Yep. It was crazy how good this match was on every aspect except for the finish. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, this is like a relatively fast-paced match. It, it really is. It's, it's a very exciting match. They don't... They, Sean Michaels goes for the sweet chin music and the diving elbow within five minutes. Yes, within yeah, because well, because he knows that mankind is a a a force that he cannot predict. So while he's down, he has to go for his big moves to hopefully finish it off. Um, but at the same time, you you know mankind's not like some technical prowess wrestler. So you have to keep it brief in the ring, and you go out around and you you utilize his keys around the ring and and setting up things like they set up that table. They let you forget that that table's even a fucking thing until later on in that match. And then you know just everything else. They they come back into the ring. A lot of step play. You get that mankind signature spot where he gets uh, uh, suplexed. And, and and his feet. Oh God, yeah, the suplex where his knee just oh. gets clipped on there, and you can hear it. You can hear so much. how bad that was. It, it, it looks so painful. Um, yeah, this is like a great way to show for um, fuck. What am I trying to say here? <laughs> it's a great way to show mankind's positives. No, um, HBK. Here we go. HBK <laughs> it, adapting to another style. Yeah. HBK not doing what he usually does. He's adapting to Mankind's style because Mankind can't do a match that HBK shines at. No. And HBK, you might call it a temper tantrum. Maybe what I'm looking at here, prior to not knowing that he had a temper tantrum, but he got really aggressive in this match. Well, he gets he gets aggressive and just to cut you off and not to... No, it's it. fine. It's fine. Uh, he gets aggressive when Michael's... Goes up top, and mankind. It you can obviously Michaels wants to hit that crossbody that he hits all the time, where he stood and he does that shitty fucking moonsault twist into a crossbody. Um, mankind's nowhere near it. He's selling in the other corner, and it's like what? Like Shawn Michaels throws mankind into that corner, then runs to that turnbuckle and expects mankind to follow him there and just take it. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. So like he looks, he sees he's not there, he jumps down and says, "Come on!" and runs over and starts laying. Feeding him with punches, and you, some of those punches were a little snug. But you yeah, see, this mankind was a comes over and gives him a little sometimes. slap. Yeah, oh yeah, there was some snugness there, and I'm sure mankind was, you know, mankind being, you know, who he is, just like lay him in on me. You know, I got this fucking piece of leather on my face. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Like Sean was like full mounting mankind at certain points and punching the hell out of him. Like yep. weird things that you don't see Sean ever do. Yeah, they, so they that's really... why I'm coming to the conclusion that he adapted like new styles to. Yeah. Well, it's also especially after the Vader match. Yes, and it's also too you know it's one of those things where at some point in time the babyface really has to fire up and and really resort to different methods to to get the win. But uh, HBK, this is one of my favorite spots of the night there. You got HBK reverses the suplex onto the floor, lands onto the apron. Mankind then gets his head stuck in between the ropes. Same way he lost his ear in Germany. And then he gets the mandible claw on Sean. Yes. While Sean's trying to actually get his head out. It was the perfect distraction for that. Yeah. 
It's um, fantastic. Is that where they lead up to the point where mankind tries to divide himself between Sean and himself with the table and Sean cross bodies over the table? Uh, yes. Uh, well, like they would get there. Yeah. HBK makes his way to the casket. Well, no, is it? Or was that before? Either way, that was a great spot. Like, man, you got shit where like HBK's pie facing Earl Hebner because Sean's going after that leg yep. of mankind after they get him back into the ring. Like, holy fuck. JR even calls a dragon screw a leg drag with a twist. <laughs> a spinning, yeah, twisting it's leg drag. It's a leg drag yep. with a twist. HBK yep. uh, <laughs> would grab a chair. Mankind would then punch that chair with a fucking thud. This leaves Michael to work the right hand and put, you know, this is the hand they used for the claw. Yeah, he went for the leg and then he went for the hands. Yep. Yeah, so HBK uh, then takes a quick spell to the outside. Mankind hits his patented elbow drop with his weird disfigured hand. He's doing a really good job at motioning that his hand's all fucked up. Um, like, okay, we, we did go into the hand thing pretty fast, so I do want to say when he was doing the whole leg work, yeah. Mankind went out to the apron, and he went to Paul Bear like, oh, to kind of yeah, console yeah. him. And the motherfucker grabs the urn. Like, going back and forth, like, just, like, consoling himself. Well, it's exactly what he wants to do with the title. He wants to grab yeah. it and he wants to cuddle it. And then it. he gets on the apron and grabs a pen to try and fucking work life back into his knee by stabbing himself. <sighs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, yeah. Like, there were crazy shit. I thought that Mankind selling that leg yep. oh, he was did a great job so effective. It. Amazingly effective. Like, to the point where I hate when wrestlers go for moves that illogically throw away you having a bad leg or a bad arm yeah. or you just all of a sudden you can run perfectly I get you yeah. but when Mankind yeah. would do it he would run perfectly hit his knee drop into like the corner but then all of a sudden he would curl over and start like fucking punching his leg and stuff like that start doing his little pig squeal yeah 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 yeah, uh, HPK would go over and give us a glimpse of the casket once again, just to remind us that casket's still there, and it's obviously there for a reason. Uh, they go up top, Mankind hits a back body drop that HPK took nothing of. He literally reverses it. I guess he reverses it. Mankind was the first one up, though. It's like, was it supposed to be reversed, or did HPK just chicken shit his Are way you talking about through the table? Yeah. Uh, that was a back superplex. But, but then HBK Sean, lands on top of him. He landed on top of him, yeah. It but made then no Mankind's sense. the first one to stand up, so it's like, who got the worst of this, right? It's, well, it's Mankind obviously got the best because he landed through the tables, but, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know. <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to be in the match. No, uh, but HBK... Uh, Basically, he takes none of this. He sells. Mankind gets up. Uh, he goes up on top with a chair. HPK then takes a play out of Sabu's book and hits a single jump super kick to the turnbuckle. That was so fucking was cool. Fuck, it was great. It oh, was great. Oh, man. Yeah. As HBK is about to go and take the pin, a schmoz would break out because Vader rushed to the ring, causing a DQ. Bear would then clobber him, uh, Shawn Michaels in the back of the head with the urn. Sick thud. Uh, speaking of sick, th- sick thuds, Sim- Sid comes out and saves the day. So this must be the start of uh, Fader and Mankind. Has to be. And it's also the start of the uh, two men no brain tag team. Shawn Michaels and Sid. <laughs> <laughs> With both of them, they have a full brain. With both of one's them. One's got half, might. the other's yeah. got the other half. Yeah. yeah. With bo- both of them together, they're cognitive enough. <laughs> <laughs> when you're together, see, Sean gets really big on Somas and Sid stand- stabs Iron, so... You need both of those brains together to really become a fully functional softball player. So, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm just randomly fucking playing words together. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> With post-match, 
mankind uh yeah all the while this is happening like bells are fucking ringing yeah. and ringing and ringing and ringing mankind has the mandible client <laughs> hpk he singles to put hpk into the casket again but when they open it up who's there travis the undertaker yes yes so obviously what they did was they got the curtains there takers under just crawled up in there Cru- for fucking 30 minutes yeah and then lies in the casket can finally relax they open it up Taker obviously can't wait to get up because he helps open it up, and he gets out and he goes Paul on the attack. Can't fucking take that big fucking lid up. He's too <laughs> short for one. It's probably true, even though he was a real Paul Bear. Uh, but uh, he would come out and he would. That's allow not a real to... fucking casket, though. Oh well, no. Caskets are much more sleek looking than. Well, I mean, depends. You can get shitty thing. caskets. You can just get a square box if you wanted to. It still costs the same though. Yeah, but I'm sure if you're working as a Paul Berry, you don't deal with independent caskets that are made out of fucking rickety wood that Buffalo Bill would fucking make. <laughs> well, no, this is well, no, this is obviously a a, a gimmick cask. It's not. I a know. Real I'm just hypothetically but... speaking. You well, know. <laughs> no, Taker would save the day as well as uh, you know Sid. And I, I mean, it would be a this would be a tag team that I wouldn't mind seeing. It like Taker, Sean, and Sid against Mankind, Vader. And somebody else, Sultan. Fuck off. <laughs> I have a lot of abominations for this man. <laughs> Jesus fucking Bob Backlund. Oh, that was Look fantastic. Look it up. <laughs> huh? so that's, that's, uh, that's WWF Mind Games. Uh, Travis. Okay, so HBK makes that loop around. And <laughs> he goes to Vince. And Vince is like... Eyes wide open, yeah. jaw dropped, shakes HPK's hand for like five seconds. He's like, fantastic, yeah. incredible. <laughs> like, he, he's just like, God yeah. damn. I gotta beat off. <laughs> <laughs> like, he, that's some good shit right there. Good shit, pal. That's, that's some, some good, good shit. shit right there. That's you. That's you. <laughs> that's what you would do. Fuck. But, Travis, uh, give, I me your, that in, I'm give me your, uh, give me your first, give me your score. Uh, my score is long. I actually wrote them down this oh. week. Um, the show overall, I thought that it was uh, pretty refreshing. I thought that they uh, went into some certain directions. They've been doing some certain character work with other characters that are making them feel different. It's not so hokey that the WF has been in the past two to three to four to fucking ten years. Yeah. Um, the work rate pretty fucking solid when it came to the people that could work their butts off the the matches you knew were going to have some work right yeah and just with like the examples of characters like mankind being with pair with paul bearer yeah um taker being an individual having a slight edge to him that isn't so mysterious anymore and sean for once feeling like a top guy in the way that like the way that he ended his match it was with dignity you know that kind of thing yeah um and with (laughs) owen and bulldog (laughs) holding the tag title what this is the longest score. It's like you've got like eight scores. No, it's just the show. Like the show was good. <laughs> My score is the show. <laughs> My high point, the whole show. No. You know no, I what I mean, it. I though. It's like there's refreshing things happening on this show. Yeah. No, there is. There is refreshing things happening on this show. Uh, my score is just, I, I will say, my score is just going to be you know, the uh, the evolution of Stone Cold and seeing the, the promo 
and you know, obviously the the main event just being a, a fantastic match, probably the better WWF match we've seen on this uh, this timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, how about your uh, bore? Not as long as my score. Okay. Uh, putting a manager versus manager match on <laughs> yeah. the show, and then having Waller take a beating from a guy that's never wrestled before, I thought were some mm. just yeah. awful points of the show. My bore is just the overall state of the the beginning of the show, and just how. There was there was no momentum building at all until you had the Brian Pillman thing, and then that quickly got cut off by Jerry Lawler, yeah, and and Mark Henry. So you know, you just you they couldn't get a good flow on the show. That's really my my board. What about a sore? Um, the main event finish, mm. um, ruining what could have been a one hundred percent picture perfect match. Yeah, had they had Sean just Beat super him. kick mankind. Yeah. Although they did it because mankind has to main event next month, he needs he needs to have that that, that build that that that. But Sean's rub. your champ. Sean's the guy. He yeah. is the main attraction. Why not just have him beat mankind? It's not going to hurt mankind. He still no. got his thing, no. and it could have fleshed out this match where it could have been one of those things where you can rewatch it once a year and be like, "God damn, that yeah. does not that." It doesn't age. No. I get you. I get you. 100%. My sore is just going to be Mr. Perfect on commentary. Not uh, Fair. Not, he, he's not a, a fan. He's, a lot, he's an afterthought. He is. You, you don't remember him. Not at all. Not at all. There's like, nothing that he he's says. He's not cringeworthy bad. He's he, not good. No. He's, he's just, just there. He's he's Alex Marvez. <sighs> That's what he is. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. 100% Tyler. Yeah. But uh, no, this, before we go... Let's, let's give a, uh, a shout out to our next show, which is going to be WCW Halloween Havoc 1996. What a different card we got It is, here. and this one comes from the MGM Grand. Mm. 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 Keeping in, the, in time. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. Yep. So we got Rey Mysterio Jr. taking on Dean Malenko in a four and a quarter star match. Did you see the dark match? No, no. It's uh, Damien666 and Halloween taking on Hoovy and Psychosis. What? That's the dark match. I got to see if I can find that. <laughs> I got Isn't to. Isn't that fucking crazy? That is crazy. That, what would that be on WCW Pro, I assume, hey? Saturday night? It's not Saturday. Pro, the pay-per-view's not on Saturday. Fuck, I don't know, man. A dark match is a dark match. Like, I don't no, but they usually have something going on, I thought. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Either way. Well, I don't know. Who gives a shit? Dallas uh, Dallas Page is going to take on Eddie Guerrero again. Not for the ring, though, because the ring is no longer a thing. Jeff Jarrett with Ric Flair takes on the Giant. Can't wait to figure out how we got here. By the way, uh, Double J gets referenced on Raw coming up pretty soon. Does he? Yeah. Uh, Chris Jericho take on six in a uh, decent match. Three and a quarter star. Six. Six is there, yeah. Aaron Anderson taking on Lex Luger. Uh, Chris Benoit and Steve McMichael will take on the Faces of Fear. Oh, baby. (laughs) Then Harlem Heat is going to take on the Outsiders for the WCW World Tag Team title match, which is also a three and a quarter star match. Wow. Yeah, and then we'll also get a WCW World Heavyweight title match, Hollywood Hogan with Ted DiBiase. Taking on Randy Savage. Which we knew about prior to. We've known about this for months. They yeah. have been selling this match since, like, Great American Bash. Good on them. <laughs> good on them. Good on them, though, for it. But, like, this, again, though, you good on them. You should build up a Randy Savage-Hogan rematch. No, I get that 100%. But at the same time, should you build it 
with all these matches coming up. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be a better way. No, they just should have done a solid build after Hogwild. Yeah. With war games being in place. Who gives a fuck? Keep on building up your next big title match. Yeah. But, yeah, they've been building it up a little too long without really doing much. It was literally in between Great American Bash and and Hogwild. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's when they started building it. If you would have waited until after Hogwild, maybe. Hogan fucked Randy Savage over in the match at Bash of the Beach, so. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it all comes It has been building for a while. Yep. Yep. Uh, and again, this show it does basically what Fall Brawl did. So they they keep up that momentum, and you know I, I can't wait to watch the show. I can't wait to see how we get to where we get there. The WCW shows have been a hit so far, so, so I'm far. excited to see this one. Like I can see there's going to be a couple matches here that I'm not really going to be into, like Benoit and Malenko against Faces of Fear, Jeff Jarrett and oh, the Giant. I'm okay with that. I don't really want to see it. I'm but. okay with that. Arn Anderson and Lex Luger, no. no thanks. Hogan and Savage, no thank you. Uh, but the undercard does look good. I mean, just, Dallas just... Page and Eddie Guerrero, Jarrett versus the Giant. I I think I can expect what will happen, but I don't think it's gonna be terrible. Yeah, yeah. And fuck, we get Rey Mysterio and Team Malenko again. Yeah, yeah. Don't to start off the show, it's all downhill from there, baby. Uh, but no, let's get out of here. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at the Federation. You can follow Travis on Twitter at Fudging Up Three Three Three. Facebook. Federation podcast t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net then uh, you go on our Patreon uh, you can join people like Ty Loney, Chris Savage Christopher Spaulding Big Body Sam and Mitch Woolridge and again check out our uh, if you're a part of it check out the Kobashi Masala Chronicles that'll be coming out check out the Raw Championship Friday that chronicles this episode check out all that good stuff what Travis has coming up there maybe let's talk about NXT I don't know when the next time you got one of those coming out but yeah fuck who knows who knows? Uh, who knows Federation on Shuffle is just fun to do it is. Nitro it is, before yeah. Halloween Havoc will be up as well, along with the Kobashi Masawa Chronicles in the next month. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, be yeah. be in tune for this nostalgic summer. <laughs> <laughs> Smoky nostalgic summer. Smoky, Smoky nostalgic here. summer. Smoky here in Casa de Fudge. Yes, it but is. Travis, uh, yeah, keep on rocking free roll down. Do 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 do. Early in the morning, rising to the street. Light me up that cigarette and I'll strap shoes on my feet Got to find the reason, reason things went wrong Got to find the reason why my money's all gone I got a donation, I could still get high I can play the guitar like a motherfucking wife
away. I don't get angry at the bills I have to pay. I don't get angry when my mom smokes pot. Hits the bottle and goes right to the rock. Fuck it and ride it, it's all the same. Living with Louis Dog's the only way to stay sane. Let the loving, let the loving come back to me.